Blog Talk Radio. Pretty much at poll closings 
on the East Coast, uh, Mercury is going to go retrograde. So it will be interesting to see how or if that affects the United States election, if there's any confusion in East Coast polling, uh, East Coast, um, you know, there are several battleground states, including Virginia, Florida, and Ohio, and um, it will be interesting to see as those polls close if uh, they have issues with getting their um, polling numbers out to the public. Um, Venus is in low degrees of Libra, went into Libra since last week, very nice. Um, left Virgo, where things were kept, were keeping it clean and keeping it tidy, and now it's into one of its ruling signs, which is Libra, and it has to do with justice and fairness, and um, Libra and uh, Venus function very well together because, you know, like, that's a part of love, is to be fair and to be um, balanced. Uh, love, love is that way. So Venus, as a ruler of love, uh, has an aspect of itself that has to do with uh, a kind of calm, patient, balanced mind. It's a very um, tangible part of the way that Venus expresses its energy is through Libra, through balance. And we have a beautiful um, Venus in Libra right now. Um, it's actually in opposition to Uranus, so that can make uh, relationships a little tumultuous. But uh, by the same token, it can also just make them really exciting. It can give space for each person in the relationship to function as an individual and uh, not have the relationship itself be mired down in dependency. So that's kind of good. Um, I think that uh, Uranus can make it chaotic, but at the same time, it can make it um, independent. We also have Venus square Pluto, which is really the theme of tonight's show. We're going to talk about uh, crisis in love, crisis in love relationships. We're going to look at that just a little bit. How do people transform? And I think that the energy of Pluto and Libra is quite good. Um, Capricorn, Pluto is in Capricorn and Venus is in Libra because Capricorn energy can be so patriarchal. And one of the reasons why they're square is because the patriarchal energy is very one-sided. You know, it's father knows best, daddy knows best, men know best. And Libra energy is like, no, there's an equal balance between a male and female energy or two people coming together, two individual personalities, compromise is essential. Capricorn doesn't necessarily really believe in compromise. It's much more concerned with um, its social effect and, and what it is that it believes and the impact that it's having on society. So it'll be interesting to do a little, a little discussion about how does Pluto and Venus square at this time not only affect our relationships, but how does it uh, come out or represent itself as an overall relationship um, energy that we could look at in a little bit more depth. Um, Saturn is in Scorpio, but it, right now it's hanging out in a pretty good spot and it's not making any really uh, difficult waves with any of the planets. It's just being pretty chill. Uh, Uranus and Pluto are in that separated square, which is going to be for a few months. And Neptune is in 
Pisces, zero degrees of Pisces, but it's retrograde still, and it won't be going direct for another couple of weeks. So we're going to see the direct Neptune towards the end of November and a retrograde Mercury on election night. Big news there, Mercury retrograde on election night. There could be some ensuing uh, confusion concerning the election results as a result of that. We're hoping not. We're hoping it's a really clear win for um, one of the candidates. But, um, you know, we'll see how that Mercury retrograde does affect the story. And that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig. The switchboard is open, and if anyone wants to get in touch with me tonight, the call-in number is 213-943-3395. You can also find me on Twitter as AstroHealer, on Facebook as Dr. Craig, or if you want to find out a little bit more about working with me in person, my website is lahealer.com, lahealer.com. Just mention if you write me an email that you listen to me on Blog Talk Radio, and you know I always offer a substantial knock discount off of my regular um, reading, fee for a reading, and um, I think we'll be happy about that. So um, let's take a look at this Venus-Pluto square energy. In general, it summoned up the myth, the myth of um, Pluto and Persephone. And um, if, any, if anyone's familiar with that, Persephone was a, um, a, a daughter, a, a goddess, of the goddess Demeter, who ruled the um, harvest. And she made the countryside beautiful and green and, and you know, was, uh, was a goddess of agriculture and, and, um, and cultivation. And her daughter was out in the field one day, just sort of minding her own business. And um, Cupid felt like he would play a little trick on Pluto, the underworld god, and he shot him with one of those love arrows. And Pluto came uh, bursting up out of the ground, and the first person he spotted was Persephone, this daughter of Demeter. And um, he grabbed her in what's been pictured in art often as the abduction of Persephone, and he threw her in his chariot and went back down into the underworld with her. And um, Demeter was so um, despondent that uh, everything on the surface of the land basically shriveled up and died and dried out. And she was like, no, you know, I can't be bothered with, you know, any kind of agricultural concerns right now because I'm so grieving for my daughter that I'm missing her and um, there's no way that I can, you know, take care of uh, the humans right now. So they, the gods saw that this was happening, and they went and petitioned Pluto and said, you know, you can't really keep Persephone, and um, you're going to have to let her back up because the whole world is basically going to, you know, end. And uh, he said, oh, okay, and he tricked Persephone into eating a few seeds from a pomegranate that he offered her, and she actually ate six of the seeds, and it represented six months of the year. And in the deal, then, Persephone has to come and stay with him for six months, and he can go, and she can go back up with her mother for six months of the year. And then that was the mythology that created the seasons, because when Persephone goes to the underworld, it's winter, and uh, Demeter kind of gets, uh, you know, 
sad and the land becomes barren and then in the spring she returns so she's a symbol of fertility um because of the way um when she returns back in the spring that the land becomes fertile again but the part of the story that we're most interested in looking at is the idea that in some of the artwork and in some of the mythology, Persephone actually becomes queen of the underworld because she is uh, she does become Pluto's consort, and there are uh, pictures of Orpheus with a with a harp playing for them in front of his throne, and she's standing there and she doesn't really look unhappy. So it's it's as if she somehow was able to reconcile the fact that she was basically abducted and brought down there against her will at one point, but then she resigns to um, the agreement and becomes uh, sort of part and parcel with what it is that the Greek mythology says is the cause for the seasons. So interestingly, the Pluto-Venus square uh represents at that level the transformation of the way in which we're capable of loving and uh this is very important for couples uh who have been together for a long time it's certainly important for i think new people who are getting involved with each other and wanting to you know find uh something lasting is to recognize that the love that we actually have for each other is a transforming agent and the love itself transforms so it kind of works back and forth love is a catalyst for change and change is necessary even in the way that we love we find that as we get to know each other longer that there's a deepening layer to what it is that love will do to us and our need to change through love what that can also do for us so that's really the theme of tonight's show and we're going to get an opportunity to explore that more uh but for right now i want to go to the switchboard and check in and see who's there hi area code 901 you're on the inside connection hello hi how are you I'm good. How are you? Who is this? Hi, this is Lenise. Hi, Lenise. How are you, hon? Are you just listening tonight? Yeah, just listening to the astrological forecast. Okay, hon. Thanks for calling in. So if if we look at the alignment of um, the... um, the what what's happening right now with the with Pluto and Venus we'll see we see that it's a very interesting set of uh signs because it's Capricorn and Libra and Libra is uh one of the signs that's ruled by Venus meaning that their energies are very well connected so we have a very strong Venus energy a very strong energy that's saying no we have to compromise or this isn't fair something needs to be made more um balanced between us it's a it's a it's a loving commitment to seeing both sides of 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 a relationship and it's a loving commitment to working out the um the issues that fall between two people. Pluto and Capricorn is a very strong energy, very strong patriarchal energy. And generally right now it's 
you know, representing, I think, a certain kind of breakdown in that patriarchal structure. We're going to see, you know, Pluto's going to be in Capricorn for like 10 more years. But when it was in Sagittarius, it definitely did a few things to break down some of the church dogma. A lot of things concerning uh, organized religion were transformed or brought out into the open when Pluto transited Sagittarius. And I think as it's transiting through Capricorn, we're seeing shifts in the patriarchy, both at the governmental level, like governmental institutions. Um, I think even that that trial that happened in Penn State, that could be seen as a certain kind of Pluto in Capricorn because there were, there was like a, it was like a, a boys club and they were all set up in a hierarchy protecting that one guy. But it was, but the but the plutonic focus is not really on him it's really on them the fact that there was a um a paternal order that was uh maintaining the status quo and pluto really broke that down so that's one example of like um you know the way that pluto in capricorn over the next few years is going to focus on exposing those kinds of paternal orders, both in government and also in, like, corporations, because corporations are boys' clubs for sure, and the way in which Pluto and Capricorn is going to work through through them is to expose or reveal, you know, corporate issues, plutocracy, etc., that's going on globally, and be able to break that down. The only reason I'm bringing that energy up is because that's how big Pluto and Capricorn is. It's the um, almost like the domineering energy of a paternal order or a patriarchal power structure, which, of course, society is that way. We live that way, that under the whole globe lives under a paternal uh, power structure because it's certainly not women globally who have the power, it's men who have the power. And Pluto and Capricorn not only represents them as, you know, an entity, like when we're looking at transits and we see that Pluto is in Capricorn, we know that that's representative of that power structure, that patriarchal power structure. But it also says that that power structure is going to go through many changes in the next um decade and that by the time we reach say even 2020 we're going to have a huge shift in that um paternal power structure we may even see a female president of the united states another female prime minister of england we may see some real shifts in global rights for women etc etc those kinds of things but for right now in a, in a more present day conversation about Pluto and Venus and the fact that they're going to be square uh, within the next few days, um, we have to look at how is a rigid set of beliefs, a rigid set or dogmatic set of beliefs, something that could be more um, basically represented by Pluto and Capricorn, just like rigid belief systems when you think about 
um, patriarchal energy. It has to do with things like, well, I'm right, and I'm right, and I'm the authority around here, and I don't want to be challenged, and I don't think that I need to be challenged, and, you know, just back off and mind your own business, or I, it's going to be this way because I said so, and all that. Those are the kinds of energies that are representative of Pluto and Capricorn, obviously both at the global level, but definitely in an interpersonal relationship. The Venus in Libra energy, oh, and by the way, that doesn't necessarily only have to do with men. Um, There can be many women in relationships that have that kind of energy about them. Not always, but it does exist in both sexes. And it's not just necessarily men that have that, you know, my way or the highway attitude. In some relationships, it's the women that have that. But let's just say for the most part, it's the men. And um, the Venus in Libra energy that's present right now has to do with that balanced love through fairness. And when you take those two energies, which is, you know, I get to say what I get to say and you get to keep your mouth shut, or I get to do what I want to do and you get to do what I want to do too, and you put that energy with, you know, fair, fair, balanced, and fair, you're bound to have a clash. You're bound to have a... um, in friction that that rubs between those two energies be, and either we're going to walk away from you know each other we're going to walk away because it's going to be like you know well this isn't going to work or someone's going to have to give and interestingly the energy that has to give in that situation is the unyielding authoritative i don't really need to look at my stuff and i don't really need to be accountable to anything because i'm the authority here and therefore i don't have to question my actions my beliefs or my behaviors and what's interesting about the venus and libra energy is that it really won't tolerate that and in any good relationship the venus energy between two people won't tolerate that it will continue to speak up and say well that's not fair what you just did and you know it doesn't always have to be a big deal but you know because it can it can blow over within a few seconds it can just be like well that that happened ouch Uh, i didn't like that you just hurt my feelings did you have to just say that or whatever but the other person, the one that actually is coming from the place of either a glibness or a not thinking place or an authoritative place, that person will simply yield and say, you're right. They will yield their authority or they will yield whatever it is that they think is their absolute power to the truth of the compromise. And this is difficult to do. It's difficult to do. That's why the energy is a square. We're very much attached to a number of things, uh, one of them being that we, don't, we, we, we think we're right most of the time, and number two, that we don't like to be told that we've made a mistake, we don't like to be shamed, we don't like to feel like um, embarrassed, or we don't like to feel like we're less than, and this is part of the illusion that's going on in, in that um, more patriarchal matriarchal system is that one person or the other is in more charge or in more power whereas in a pure um libra place that doesn't exist 
there there actually isn't that. It's either balanced or imbalanced, and it's not about better or worse. It's not about someone making a mistake or being less than. It's about fairness. And that's why that Libra is ruled by Venus, because that's what love is about. Love is not about choosing sides or having favorites or making someone feel bad or having to feel bad about uh, what it is that you said or did or you know having to be accountable love is not love is not about the negative effects of accountability love is simply about the accountability and the change that it makes when a wrong has been rectified and made into a right this is a beautiful thing about the about the libra energy and the effect that it has on love that when this pure sense of balance is brought to the table, that we end up with a very um, negotiable, sort of for lack of a better word, we end up with a negotiable kind of uh, reality between two people, where two people are ready to talk it out they're ready to find out what's fair the the a lot of the 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 heat and the fire and the drama can be removed because love is not in that place love is not in that place that place is actually more of a you know of a flagrant look at me or i'm wounded or this or that love is in the place where we just simply learn how to say what it is that we need and have the other person honor that without them being defensive because again love is not about them being defensive it's simply about them coming clean and um that coming clean process makes for more love all the way around it's interesting because part of the uh, halloween ritual that i was part of last night was about that it was about that energy it was about cleaning out we were working on carving a pumpkin and some of the impetus for the show came from that you know in carving out the pumpkin i was looking at what was the spiritual uh, energy behind this ritual what was the spiritual energy i kept asking myself and there i was with my hand in the pumpkin you know and i'm cleaning out the insides and i started to get it because you know i i understand that halloween is is a lot about letting go it's a lot about death that's why we celebrate it the way that we do because seasonally right um actually persephone has gone back down to be with her lover in the underworld and up here we're having to um you know suffer the colder months and the lack of a productive abundance that happens in the spring and the summer so here we are like cleaning out the inside ripping out the guts of the pumpkin and putting it on the you know the brown paper paper bag and it occurred to me that that was the metaphor that as we're preparing for winter what a beautiful thing to be able to clean out our inside clean out our inside and then bring a light in there and light the inside which is what we do with the pumpkin we clean out the inside and then we put a little candle on the inside and we light the inside and i thought this is profound it's a it's actually a profound statement of a renewed kind of love 
that comes from this autumnal energy. You know, we just finished Libra and we're in Scorpio now, and Libra is about affecting a certain kind of balance for us all, the equinox and um, what it is that we have had achieved in the summer, we might now be able to reap it. So there's a, there was a balance, but the Scorpio part is actually getting in there to really clean out whatever needs to be removed in order to be able to make space for what is essentially a whole new year. And it's why some calendars actually celebrate the new year now, and it's why we start a new school year in September is because it represents something new. Right. Interestingly, it's the fall and everything is about to go into a more dormant period, but we can see it as something new because it starts with the harvest. It starts with reaping what it is that rep- that's represented by the older cycle. And um, love, love itself is a big part of that process because without love, you can't do any of it. You can't harvest. You can't clean out the inside. You can't bring the light to the inside. You can't share that light with someone else. You can't spend the winter months doing what it is we're supposed to do when the light is this dark and the sun goes down so early. And that is that we're supposed to be taking the journey to the inside. And if you look at uh, Key 19, uh, key, key, key 9 in the tarot, which is the hermit, you'll see that there's a light inside. There's a light uh, that's being brought into the inside, and that that card is is very much like this process that we're talking about tonight, where you bring a light inside um, of a pumpkin, you bring a light inside of yourself as you're getting ready to go into the wintertime months so that you can see that light, so that you can work with that light, so you can explore the inner realm, so that when spring comes, something new then can be brought out into to uh, the life around us. What a beautiful and um, what a profoundly simple cycle, and yet it's incredibly powerful and incredibly deep. And right now, if you're sitting in a place where um, you're comfortable, uh, I think it might be a good time for us to do a short meditation. So why don't we do a little uh, Samane Halloween Uh, meditation right now and bring the light a couple of deep breaths sitting flat on the floor with your feet flat on the floor comfortable in a chair a couple of deep breaths in and out and just relax and then those of you who have done meditation with me before you know they're pretty short just a couple of minutes but we usually can get a pretty profound sense of energy moving a couple of breaths in and out and relax and go inside and feel your heart space and breathe into it a couple of more times and become more relaxed and allow your feet to become relaxed on the floor. And we want to go to that place where in our mind we're sitting on the floor and we're sitting with our pumpkin and we carve it and we cut it and we scoop it out and we make a face and we clean it out. And while we're cleaning it out, we want to see ourselves physically, representatively, symbolically emptying out all of the sort of gunk that we would find inside of ourselves. Because 
what we accumulate over the course of a year, certainly, as we're working on um, ourselves, is we accumulate a lot of debris, a lot of gunk. A lot of things happen. A lot of things that we might want to let go of, remove, clear out, take out, just say, here, yuck, I don't need to carry this anymore. I certainly don't need to bring it into the next year, and I don't need for it to bog me down. So reach in there and clean that out and dump that on that paper bag on the floor in front of you too. And then find the matches, strike a match, light a candle and bring it inside of you. Warm light. Warm light. Somewhere inside, glowing inside, warm, happy light. Take a breath in and out. And we're going to carry that light with us through the rest of the winter. And um, this is an excellent uh, meditation to do um, over and over again to go in and relight or rekindle. Or if you feel it's gone out, you can light a new one. Because there's there's bringing the light to the inside and um, coming at, light, at life with a more light and loving heart is part of the journey. It's certainly part of the journey that I'm on, and I hope it's part of the journey that you're on, too. Um, yeah, I'm still here. I'm just looking at my uh, my switchboard, and don't really have any callers there. If there's anybody who wants to give me a call at 213-943-3395, I would be happy to read for you. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to be ending the show soon. So that will be fine, too. But it's kind of a light night, which happens. And I know that probably a lot of uh, East Coast listeners are also still sitting there in the dark. So a lot of times we do get calls from those states out there that were affected. And um, we're, um, we're just sort of taking a look at some really profound and beautiful energy that's available for us right now. I actually wasn't going to play any music here at the end of tonight's episode because I actually felt that um, I wanted to try and load some new music into the um, Blog Talk audio clips files, and I've been a little lax in doing that. So rather than uh, just play something that's in that file that I've played several times, I'm going to not play anything tonight at the close because that's going to inspire me to load something new for next week. I think that's a good discussion about love and transformation. I'll see you next Thursday. This is Dr. Craig Martin. Y'all have a nice night, and we'll see you on the Inside Connection next Thursday. Have a good one. Bye.